You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are your hosts, Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 55 for May 21st, 2009. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vanderlist, and right at the top, of course, we want to remind everybody, if you have any comments or questions about something that you're going to hear today, something you haven't heard in the past, or even today, or if you are you know, have like ESP or something, you know we won't talk about it in the future, you can get a hold of us either by dropping us an email at wooddockonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone and leave us a voicemail at 623-242-2450, and of course... As we always do, we'll go ahead and mention those once again at the end of the episode. So maybe you jumped in late and you're like, hey, what was that voicemail? I really got to tell that guy he's a complete moron. So, you know, you can get, leave us a voicemail like that. You know, what's, <sighs> Anyways, so. what is amazing, every time I listen to you do your, your introduction, it's kind of like a master improv artist or um, a really good freestyle rapper. And I just, I listen and I don't know where you're going with it. I don't even know where we're going to end up, but I know at the end, someone's going to hear a phone number and an email address. It's, it's the most amazing thing to listen to. You know, that's, that's how I go through life. I just kind of get up and I start going and I know I have to be somewhere <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to get there, but eventually I always end up, you know, where I'm supposed to go, but none of the stuff in the middle necessarily has to make sense. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. Hey, no, it's good. I love it. I really enjoy it. But anywho, so what is on your bench at this time, sir? Oh, back on my bench right now is, you know what? My number four and a half Veritas is back on the, the bench. The That's banana the most plane? important thing. Yes, the banana. Ham Hands has gotten the <laughs> banana plane back in condition again. So nice. <laughs> nice. It was like one of those. I, I actually, I, I filmed the whole entire thing because I knew it was going to be a special moment. It was like... It, it's like you know those the, the couple that's running across the the clover field, or, you know, and the, the flowers and everything. That's the way I felt when when the box arrived, and my plane was back. And it's it's unbelievable how nice. amazing it's working. So really, just that slight. I mean, it, it, I guess if you're looking with a, a straight edge under a backlight, it's not that slight. But really, to the average person, it is a very small amount. But it just goes to show you how uh, the planes that we may get at a flea market or a very inexpensive plane. You might think it's you that's the problem when, in fact, it may just be that the, the bed is not completely flat. Right. Absolutely. And you're right. It, it was off only just a little bit, but that little bit was enough to make a huge difference. Because when like when I was at, at, at the class with uh, that Chris Schwartz and, and Thomas Lee Nielsen were teaching, mm-hmm. that was one of the things is I'm like, I was literally using my, my old vintage number four that I picked up at a flea market. And that was just making these beautiful full width shavings and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is just great. Now I'm going to finally do that with my number four and a half. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, you got to be in the right environment. My bench isn't flat, you know. Yeah. The, the moon didn't align right and stuff like that. <laughs> right. And I started going and I still was having all these problems. And it was just, you know, off by only a few thousandths of an inch. But it was enough to make it like a, it was like a seesaw, basically. Yeah. yeah. So the edges were maybe getting, you know, planed. But other than that, nothing in the middle. And when I opened it the other day, that was the first thing I did is I, you know, I brought that baby out. My, my blade was still sharpened and everything, you know, they just worked on the sole and, um, I just went right in there and immediately the same board that I was struggling with beforehand, I was getting full with shavings. I mean, I had tears were in my eyes. I was just, <laughs> you're, you're back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was a great moment. A great moment. Right. You know, but the one thing that it just, you know, not, not, not to really kind of, you know, uh, beat the subject over with, you know, with a, with a dead horse or something. <laughs> but right. That's so not how that saying goes. No, you but, don't actually um, beat things with the dead horse. You beat the dead horse with things, right? 
That's it. Okay. That's well. In, in my world, sometimes <laughs> you know you beat with a dead horse. <laughs> that's uh, that's one very small and light horse. But go ahead. Right. I, I got to get this brand nail in. I'll use a dead horse. <laughs> uh, but you know the one thing is, is and this is for, true for both Lee Valley and for Lee Nielsen Tours. These guys stand behind their stuff so well that even with a knucklehead like myself, completely ham-handedly messes up one of these things. If you're very nice to them, they're very willing to help walk you through to correct the whole entire thing. And, and, and this is really true. Like if, if you get one of these, you buy it. You know, people are like why the why in the world am I going to buy like a four hundred dollar plane? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this is the reason why. If if it shows up like this, man, get a hold of them. They will take care of it because it's their name on it, and they want to you know they want to make sure it's right. But they will berate you <laughs> along <laughs> the way. These emails right? are like. We, should, we have pictures of this hanging up in the break room, and we laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to make you feel bad for it, too. Now, is this exactly. a, a service that they would provide, um, let's say, for whatever reason? Either you have a plane that's out of spec or, you know, uh, it's even like what if it's not one of their brand? Will they do work like this on planes? No, I don't think that they'll do it for other ones. But for sure, there's especially especially if, if you open the box and this is the way it is right out of the box. Yeah. By all means, yeah. But I don't, I don't think they'll do this for other ones. I, I, you know, that's a good question. I probably should get a hold of them and, and ask them like that. I mean, that's definitely, I think, something that a lot of people would be really interested in. I'm sure it but, is, uh, but I would imagine it's something that they wouldn't want to get their hands in. Yeah, I, I have that feeling too because uh, from a couple of the things that, you know, you know, especially George was the, one of the guys that was really helping me out. It was really like, are you sure you just don't want to buy a new one? Because, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and so, it was, but yeah, they, they, they definitely um, they did, did amazing work on it. So, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's good to know. It's a, a great lesson learned and nice to know that, uh, you know, that the premium companies are certainly going to stand behind their products. Right, absolutely, and I'm telling you, the, the the worst look in the world was when Thomas Lee Nielsen looked at it, looking over Chris's shoulder at what I had done, and it was that look down the bridge of his nose, you know, <laughs> it was kind of like the scolded child, and he's like, you know, if that was one of my planes, yeah. I might have to beat you with it. <laughs> it's the same, that's the same look my grandpa used to give me when I would fool around in, the, in his fishing tackle store and screw up things and, and get in trouble. He'd give me that look down the bridge of his nose. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I walked away with my head down just, oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> hey, you know what? We got we got to learn somehow, right? So That's right. Absolutely. So, but that that was the big news in mind. Uh, I got a few other things, but you know what? I, I don't think anything can top that. Now, <laughs> what's been going on in yours? You've got some some big stuff going on in your shop, basically at this point. Yeah, I wish I wish it was woodworking, uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's all about moving right now. Just the I'm sure anybody who's done a move anytime uh, in their adulthood realizes it's just it dominates everything you think about and do. And if we're not worrying about an appraisal here, we're we're worried about you know getting it air conditioning guy to come out to the house and check. I mean, it's just one crappy thing after another. So uh, the real focus is just trying to smoothly transition to the new place and immediately get uh, a new shop underway. Uh, I just, I need to minimize my downtime um, and getting anything built takes forever, no matter what. But uh, if I get that ball rolling now and uh, start building the relationships, maybe get some, uh, some drawings done ahead of time. I can hit the ground running when we're actually in the new, the new property. So um, right. So yeah, that's pretty pretty much been it. Not very exciting, but uh, dominated by the the whole thought of the new shop and the new house and all that jazz. Oh, I don't know. I think that would be like the most exciting time of all. That would just be like, wow, look, I'm, I'm moving and I'm packing these boxes. And, hey, where did that drill bit come from? Oh, my God. I, I thought I lost this. Well, I mean, if it was only isolated to the shop, you know, the shop move is going to be very stressful. Um, the house move isn't too bad. I mean, I don't know whether we just don't have that much stuff or all of our stuff is really light, but I don't I don't see it being too much of a problem. 
Um, and, and you would think that building a new shop is like every woodworker's dream come true, but I, I really firmly believe it's every woodworker's dream come true and nightmare come true. Um, right. <laughs> because once you realize every decision that you make, uh, you're going to have to live with for the rest of your, you know, woodworking career, you may regret not doing this. Is it worth saving, let's say five grand by cutting this one thing out? You know, are you going to regret that 20 years down the line and go, God, it was just $5,000. I should have just done it. Um, so making those decisions and be, you know, committing and being responsible for those things is, is pretty stressful. Um, you know, it's one thing when you move into a, a building or a shop that's already there and you make the best of what you got. Uh, but right. when, when you're starting from scratch, you have nobody to blame but yourself when you get to the end product and it's not what you wanted. So, right. yeah, pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, no kidding. Oh, no, I was just thinking, I'm like, it, it's always funny when you move into a, a ready-made shop or into a, in a space that's already, you know, like, okay, this is going to be designated as my shop. That's when you do the thing like, you know, if I would have built this from scratch, this is what I would have done. And then yeah. now you're in that position. And that, I can, it, it, to me, it would be overwhelming because I'd be like, I don't even know where to start. That just, that just absolutely, I'd be, I'd be lost. Yeah, it can be, it can be like that. You just got to keep your eye on the prize and, and just keep moving along. So, um, right. but we've got a couple estimates at this point, um, both ends of the spectrum. One is suspiciously cheap and the other is, uh, jaw droppingly expensive. So, uh, <laughs> not exactly sure where we're going to end up, but we're just going to keep plugging away, getting more bids and, and trying to make the smartest decision possible. So nice. yeah, enough about my problems. Let's, uh, let's see what's going on around the web. We found a couple right. things here. Um, sweet. Now, one of them is, is kind of a repeat, and most people, uh, especially those in the chat room, probably already know about Lumberjocks.com, but um, mm-hmm. I would say, aside from hmm, trying to think of what my top f- favoritest woodworking places to frequent on the web are, I would say Lumberjocks is way, way up there. Um, right. If I could design a site, and I've said this to, to Nicole a number of times, if I could design a site that would just be like my dream thing to own, you know, to say that this is a community that I that I have sort of uh, control over and I run the website, it would be exactly like Lumberjocks. Um, the, the way that they integrate uh, the forum, um, you know, posting of projects, blogging, uh, you know, galleries and things like that. Just the, the the way the whole thing is set up, I think, is brilliant. So I right. thought I thought it was worthwhile to mention again in case people weren't aware of Lumberjocks. Uh, it's lumberjocks.com and start an account, start your blog, and you can post videos, um, pictures, get involved in the forum conversations. And he, uh, Martin's got contests like left and right over there. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, so it seems like we, every time we turn around, we're announcing another one. For, yeah. It's the midwinter second week of the month <laughs> contest. And <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. He's, any excuse to come up with a contest, they, they do. But you know what? It's free stuff. So you can't complain about that. Um, no, not one bit. You know, and that's funny because it's it's so funny that you mentioned lumberjocks.com because a lot of people probably haven't seen me over there in a long time. But I do actually, I think I visit at least once a day and just kind of hover around, see what's going on, see if somebody's talking about me, mm-hmm. and then move on to other things. But I was just over there watching. You remember it was a, it was a couple months ago, I think it was, uh, when you had on the on the guild, um, you were showing that one technique for uh, getting a, a scraper sharpened that uh, Todd uh-huh. Clippinger had yep. done. And I was watching that video today, and I'm like, oh, and I'm still amazed by it. And, and it's neat little <laughs> things like that that I, I love checking that out. So I totally agree. I mean, it, 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 there's so much stuff going on over there. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the the other thing that I have here, uh, where was this? I saw it on Twitter. Somebody had mentioned that Benjamin Moore uh, is coming out with a iPhone and um, uh, what's the other dealie? The iPod yeah. Touch app that will take a picture of a wall 
get the paint color, and then supply a series of colors that would be either complementary or close matches. And then you could take those to the store with your with your phone and get those matched up and pick up a paint that matches what's on your wall. So oh, no way. That's sweet. Yeah, so it's not out yet. I haven't had a chance to test it out. And I realize this is not even woodworking related. It's more, you know, home improvement. But I thought a lot of us wind up having to paint walls, unfortunately. And right. uh, this might be something interesting. So who knows how well this is going to work. Uh, but it's it's really a really cool concept and uh, application for, you know, the technology that we've got in the palm of our hands these days, you know? Yeah, well, no kidding. I mean, eventually, if, if they could do something like that with, like, a stain, like, okay, I need a stain this color. <laughs> there you go. That would be you good. Know, something like that. Yeah, just totally cared. Uh, now, if you could get the wood grain just like this, too, I'd really appreciate <laughs> right. that. You have wood grain in the can, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, hey, Funk is in the chat room. John, he could probably uh, create an app that does that, right, John? Yeah. Oh, sweet. He's got some skills. Uh, but anyway, the app's not out yet. I'll put a link to the New York Times article. You guys can check that out. And within a couple of days, I believe it's going to be released. And let me know what you think. I'm curious. I'll, I'll try it out myself. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because coming up in June, I just got the okay that we're actually going to, that's when my phone contract comes up and I need to uh, get a new phone. And luckily we're with AT&T. Oh. So it looks like Big Daddy's been getting himself a, an iPhone. So they are like, what do you want for uh, Father's Day? Like a tie, a wallet. Um, maybe a card. No, I want an iPhone. <laughs> nice. So, <laughs> you'll be a man, you'll so, be a member of the club. Uh, I know. That's what, when I was at the at the class and at the Mark Adams School. Everybody that was in the class with me, at least that I went to dinner with, everybody had an iPhone, and I sat there with my old flip one that barely worked. I'm like, <laughs> I've almost got coverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I would definitely if you if you do wind up getting one in that time frame, you may want to push it off as long as possible because I think there's a new one coming out. Uh, Ooh, toward the end eight. of summer. So that's just the rumor, but we'll probably know more this month after um, one of the big, uh, I don't know which which conference it is, but there there may be an announcement. So, mm, Yeah, see, that requires patience and waiting, and that's something the Vanderlust family has none of. <laughs> You're a little short on that, huh? All right. Yeah, amongst other things, yes. <laughs> there you go. Let's not talk about those. Okay, so in the news, um, I thought we might spend a few minutes talking about uh, American Idol since the finale was last night, but... Uh, after our little episode with knitting, I think we might want to skip that. Um, yeah, I would, that that that's fine. I think we we, we could definitely go past that. Uh, unf- I, I I can't bring myself to watch it. <laughs> well, well, I do, but I don't admit it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watch it either. But let's just say the right person won. Anyway, okay. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to go over in the the news area is if uh, unless you've been living under a rock, which some of us do. And right. Um, once in a while, it's nice and comfy down here. It's yeah, cool. Yes. And, and stamp. And uh, SpongeBob's friend Patrick lives under a rock. Um, hey, <laughs> you go. Uh, so, yeah, woodworking in America. So uh, that ring a bell? Right. Yeah, I, I think I've heard of this. In fact, uh, it originally started uh, last year in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I think this year they're actually going to split it up and have it in two different regions, which are pretty darn close to each other. They're both like Midwest. And then, like, uh, kind of west eastern. <laughs> sure, that, that's a, that's a good description. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there's two of them. The woodworking in America, furniture construction and design is first. That's in August. Right. It's the, the 14th to the 16th, and it is in St. Charles, Illinois. Right at the Pheasant Run Resort. Yes, and the second one is the Hand Tool and Techniques Conference, October 2nd through the 4th in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. So if you are anywhere near uh, those two areas and you think you might be able to make it, uh, just go to the woodwork. What is it? Woodworkinginamerica.com is the web address? 
That's totally the website. Yeah, that's that's the right one. They'll have all the information. Because registration just opened up for the first one, the Pheasant Run one, which is the August 14th to the 16th. Right. So I don't, I wonder, I'm really curious to see how fast that's going, how many openings they still well, have. I was just going to say, talk about did, did you hear anything about them having the same problems that they had last year with the immediately selling out? No, I haven't heard anything yet. I think I think that was one of the things that when they were looking for venues, they were like, we need something that can definitely accommodate our wildest dreams. Yeah, <laughs> so, more people, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and plus, I think that was the other thing, too, was with by splitting it up, they were really hoping to hit one group or the or another. So I think yeah. that's yeah, I think they really planned for this one to accommodate everybody. Yeah. Now, I'd li- I'd like to make it to both of them, but I just don't think it's going to be uh feasible uh, the way things are going right now. So I believe the one that I'm going to is the one in August, the uh furniture design and construction or construction and design. And Oh my god, that's the one I'm going to. Oh my god, we're totally oh. going to hang out. Oh, we're going to be BFFs there. Totally. Oh my, we sh- we should totally like coordinate our clothes. <laughs> we should. <laughs> well, well, I'm definitely going to be wearing my Schwarz shirt, so uh, we might we might just wind up being coordinated. Oh my god, I have one too. I will totally wear it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, okay, so I wanted to really quickly go over the little brochure and some of the yeah. the things that they're going to talk about because what one of the things that we you know as woodworkers we have a number of resources we can go to to learn. And if you go to the the woodworking shows, the ones that travel, they're starting to get a little bit more of an education focus, but I don't know if you would call it necessarily adequate to really, you know, do what we really need it to do in terms of teaching us and taking us to the next level. Uh, right. Yeah. They seem to be like more like little snippets, like give yeah. you just enough information. We're going to pull it back in. Yeah, exactly. And not everybody has, you know, the budget to take a bunch of classes throughout the year. So something like this really packs a lot of information into a two to three day conference where you could really just pull it all in and, you know, take crazy notes. And uh, I, I imagine they allow people to film it, you know, for reference later. Whatever you mm-hmm. want to do, it's it's a really good use of, of money. It's not, you know, certainly not uh, free to get in, but you're going to have to pay the fee to get in. But uh, I think if you look at what you're getting for that money, you're really packing a lot of good information in that time. Right. So yeah, I, um, I totally agree. Yeah, because and then some of the people that they, they've got coming in there are just you know they're definitely known for mm. you know um, what I think a lot of them I don't have the brochure in front of me. I know there's quite a few that uh, Bob Lang for number one. I mean he's written how many books about like you know arts and crafts and well that's much arts and crafts like Shaker and you know arts and crafts. Yeah, he's yeah. got quite a few, a few mm-hmm. books out there about that. I know he's going to be one of the presenters and then like Jim Talpin. I mean I. I, I I love a bunch of Jim's books. I mean, I love me some Jim Talpin books. <laughs> love me some Jim, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, I know they've got a couple other people coming in that are like really, you know, very period oriented, you know, 18th right. century and, you know, and, you know, all that good stuff. So that, that that definitely is something really neat because I think when you have somebody that has that much information, is that much of an expert, that really brings out just that much more for you because then you get some joker that's like me, like, yeah, Georgian, Victorian, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I'll quickly run down some of these in case anyone's interested. Um, it seems like there's a, a couple different focuses of, of the conference, and they put them into different categories here. So the first one is um, the mechanics of furniture design. There's uh, a, a thing that they're going to be covering with SketchUp. That's another thing that uh, Robert Lang's doing. Uh, measure twice, measure not at all. That's interesting. That's a, a Jim Tolpin uh, lecture. That uh, sounds familiar. That's how I do a lot of my furniture. Just don't measure. Just <laughs> measure not at all. Yeah, just hammer it <laughs> right. till it fits. Uh, let's see. Art. Well, there's another section now, understanding furniture styles and details. And there's uh, arts and crafts style, Q&A sessions, early American furniture, 
uh, shaker furniture, you know, these sessions that are just going to go into some good detail on those things, 20th century furniture, and the other category is construction, joinery, and details. So there's a uh, green and green session, um, let's see, early American furniture, some more Q&As, composing with wood grain, uh, I see Brian Boggs' name here, Jim Apachian, if you pronounce that, is that how you pronounce that? Something like that. Boy, that's yeah, something a weird, like that. That's a weird yeah, you turn into me for pronunciation? Seriously. <laughs> well, I've heard uh, Daryl Peart talk about him a number of times, and uh, I definitely am going to be sitting in for his session for show. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Check it out, um, and I'm sure you will see some ample coverage uh, in the blogosphere on the event if you're not able to attend. Right, absolutely, yeah, because that, that's... It sounds like some of the same characters that were at the original, at the, at the original, the very first wood, woodworking in America, right. are going to be attending once again. So yeah, uh, all sorts of different perspectives on it. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to this. Absolutely. Uh, you know what else we have here, and I wanted to save this for our live show here. Uh, when I did Safety Week, I, I told everybody that if you did a blog post uh, with a safety article that you'd be in the running for a Festool Mini. I think it's a, a Mini Vac that we have here. Oh, sweet. Yeah, ooh, there's a lot of hair in this. I was just going to say. I, I'm using a uh, pencil holder <laughs> to to draw <laughs> names out of. That's the, that's the coffee can, as Matt would call it, <laughs> yeah. to draw a name, and it's got a lot of dog hair in it. Okay, thank you, hon. Okay, so we're putting a bunch of these little names in here, and these are all the bloggers who participated. And um, I'm shaking it up. Is Matt in there? Matt's in here. You realize you have a chance to win, Matt. I have a chance to win? Sweet. Because you are not associated with it necessarily. That's right. well, sort of, indirectly. Uh, let's just say I hope you don't win. I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I don't. If you, know, if you want you to just, just drop it, that's perfectly fine. And Nicole hopes you win, though. Um, Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate that. Okay, Nicole's going to draw the winner. Her unprejudiced uh, hands will pick the winner. Come on, Matt. Tree frog. What? What? I don't know if that's fair. You took a class with him. (laughs) I think that was rigged. Is it it unfair that I know him personally? (laughs) I mean, does that make that suspicious? And you know what? Here, just to prove that they aren't all, like... Tree frog on here. Go ahead and show him some of these because. Spread. But then again, you know what? The, the crew that made content for Safety Week are all kind of people that I know, um, not necessarily personally, but people that everybody would go like, oh, he knows him. So, <laughs> uh, I mean. All right. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, congratulations, Tree. Uh, you got yourself a little sucky sucky. Sweet. Congratulations. Ooh, that could be taken bad. We yeah, well, that. Nicole just gave me a, a talking to about that. I'm going to be in trouble later. Maybe, nah, whatever. It's all good. Uh, it's, it's for the sake of the show. Take one for the team. <laughs> we, can, we can be a little bit edgy once in a while. That's right. People okay. expect it. Sort of. Somewhat. All right. All so bit. there you go. Congratulations, Tree. Uh, that is courtesy of uh, Festool, and you will enjoy it as I enjoy mine. Nice. And it, it just goes to show all the great hard work that all of the bloggers out there, no matter you know who you are or who you know, you know, you're getting recognized for the great things you're doing because safety week was that was a long week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it was it turn when you have to do content every day, it really turns out to be pretty extensive. Uh it, it's a lot of work. But the, the good thing is the whole community kind of comes together and uh gives their own personal perspectives on safety and equipment and things like that, and I think we all benefit from it. 
Oh yeah, definitely. You know, like the, the neat thing, and not again to beat a dead horse, but <laughs> we did have quite a bit of coverage, and a lot of things were overlapping. I think the perspectives is what's really neat about it because you got two different you know looks at it, three in some situations. But you know what, you safety is important, so yeah. you, you just got to cover it. Faux show. We, right. Are we ready to move on to some sweet deals? Hell's yeah, we are. All right. All right. Let me do the first one here because this one is specifically for Wood Talk Online listeners, viewers, peeps only. Uh, from Eagle America. And let me let me get in a better seating position here. Uh, all right. Eagle America <laughs> says, for Wood Talk Online listeners only, uh, there's a few specific things they want us to mention because Eagle America has just uh, released their new website. Have you been there lately? Uh, no, because uh, I didn't know they were going to a new one, and I, I really like the old one, to be honest with you. I did not. I really oh. prefer the new one. Um, well, there you go. Finally, there's some disagreement. <laughs> I would talk online. <laughs> Woo, finally. Yeah, we need to do that more often about things that really don't matter, like Eagle America's website. Um, right. <laughs> I don't mean that their website doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter in the – you know what I mean. Yeah, anyway, yeah, the new gotcha. website looks great. It's nice and, and wide. It's got a good use of real estate. They've got videos on there. It's much easier to find all the products, and it just looks modern. It looks new. Uh, so lots of new features and products. Um, if you don't know, it's eagleamerica.com. Go there and check it out. Uh, they are extending an open online open house invitation to Wood Talk Online listeners for the special offer. All Wood Talk Online listeners will get a free Super Saver shipping on any web order uh, from now till the 31st, May 31st. So you got a good amount of time to take advantage of it, but that's completely free shipping. Uh, you have to enter the promo code WOODTALK55 because we're doing episode 55 today. That's pretty easy to remember. I think I, even I could remember that one. Sure, yep. It's the same number twice. Uh, yeah. Use that during checkout and select free shipping as their shipping method. What? As their shipping method to take advantage of the... Anyway, WOODTALK55 at checkout will get you free shipping, which is pretty awesome. Sweet. Oh, so you have to select free shipping with the promo promo thing. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess Either way, yeah. There's multiple shipping. there. You just pick the one that says free shipping. Did you say something? I said Jack. Oh, she's talking to the dog. She doesn't realize that that confuses me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. all right. So go ahead if you want to grab the next one. All right. Let's see here. We have uh, what do we have here? It just says buy three get one free. <laughs> I didn't say what it was. USA. Yeah, I'm like. I know for a fact you put that one up. <laughs> yeah, buy three of something, you'll get something free. You really just can't beat that. You could randomly pick which one you will get free. Oh, I think Peachtree's going to hate that. <laughs> you know what this is? This is their 6-inch and 12-inch Parallel Pro bar clamps. These are the, the best you look alikes. Uh, the reason I put this, because it seems like every week there's one of these, or every time we do a show, we've got one of these promotions. But um, that is the size range that I stock up on like a crazy person. Uh, oh, yeah. Because those are the size where you just need a crap load of them, and they come in so handy. So when these sales come along, it really is the time to stock up. So uh, look for oh, yeah. the, the link mean, in the show notes for that one. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many different projects I've done where that, that size is exactly the key one. I'm like, uh, clamp. Oh, damn it. I got to go over here like the 48-inch one to put it on a little <laughs> tiny thing. You Nothing know? worse than, than using the extra, you know, the one that's four times as long uh, just because you don't have anything else. Yeah, why is that so long? I needed leverage to get it off the table, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, I found another one actually from Peachtree. In fact, this just came in the mailbox today, yep. the uh, online mailbox, I should say. And Peachtree is having the Memorial Day sale. This only goes until May 25th. And it is 60% off select items. And it wasn't just a few items. It was quite a few that were in there. 
So that is uh, something to definitely check out. In fact, I don't even think you have to be invited. Just go to their website, click on some of those items that they have listed there, and get 60%. That's 10% more than 50% off. That's correct. So that's, yeah, 10% more than half off. That's, you uh, have to think of it that way. That's solid math, if you ask me. It is. Uh, you know yeah, what I, I see on there that I didn't even know existed is the, um, you know the micro J gripper? Yeah, mm-hmm. they it, they actually have this little. If you're if you've used the gripper, you'll know why you need this. They have this little extension leg. That's um. They just refer to it as the eighth inch extension leg, that can be swapped out for the one that's a quarter inch. Because normally you're limited to how little the space can be between the blade and the fence by the size of that last little leg, which is a quarter inch. Uh, this one goes down to an eighth, so you got a little bit more uh, flexibility there, which is pretty darn cool. I think I might pick that up. Yo, I saw that, and I was like, what's the difference between these two? I mean, one's green, one's brown. What, you know what's <laughs> right. going on? I, I, I guess I mean, my, my, my limited brain cells at that moment, I couldn't quite pick up on what was going on there. So right. th- actually, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Anytime I can help, man. I appreciate right. it. <laughs> so if you want to – I think you threw this one in there. Actually, you threw a lot of these in there if you want to just uh, run down the list real quick. Okay, no problem. I, I, uh, the next couple here are um, our friend, friends over at Highland Woodworking. We mentioned this before that they have a Steel City 14-inch bandsaw kit, which they have on sale regularly. It is uh, things like $799, $799. And they now actually, I was looking at this the other day, the price has been reduced even more. It's down now to $499. And that is like, I think it comes with it. It's like the 12-inch riser. Um, it comes with a, um, a mobile base. Um, I I want to say it comes with a light, but don't hold me to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has all sorts of great stuff on it. It's a, it's a full entire kit, a Steel City 14-inch kit. So um, at four ninety nine, if you're in the market for a bandsaw, you know this might be one you want to take a look at. If you were thinking, you know, I might want to get a riser kit, or I might want this, or something like that, it might be definitely one to check out. So yeah. we'll have the links in the show notes for that. And I don't, I don't think they have a time. Uh, a time limit on when that one's going to be going on there for a while. So cool. Um, I'm sure there's probably limited numbers. So if you're interested, definitely check it out. One other one that did come up from Highland, and I don't really have any information when this is going to happen. So if you want to just kind of hang out and maybe check with them once in a while, I know they're going to have a deal coming up on the 24, 36, and 8-inch Jorgensen Cabinet Master Clamps. And my good friend Blair over at Highland Woodworking says that they're they're parallel clamps similar to the Bessie K bodies. And he said that it's going to be starting sometime this week. I tried to nail them down on a specific date, but that was a no-go. So... You know what? If you if you don't mind hanging out, unlike me waiting for an iPhone to find out which one's going to be the best one, mm-hmm. um, sometime <laughs> this week is probably when it's going to happen. So definitely check that out. Nice. What one other one at a competitor, Blair? I'm sorry, I have to put this up there. <laughs> uh, Woodcraft is offering fifteen percent. That's one five percent off a full line of finishing products and related items. Also until May twenty fifth, and I think this is actually going on in store and online because I just got a thing from my local neighborhood woodcraft store telling me that I need to come in this weekend. Apparently they miss me and they're <laughs> offering the 15% there too. So nice. um, definitely check that out. I tried to see what finishing products they had and uh, the link that we have for in the show notes will take you right to where it is and it's it's everything from dyes to um, you know uh, polyurethane. It, it's everything. everything. I mean polishing yeah. compounds, wax. I see everything you could possibly need here. So Right, the stuff that scares me because if it's not polyurethane, why am I going to use it? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with it? Yeah. Oh, it's scary. <laughs> right. All right. So a couple other things that we had here would be under this is a popular woodworking's little bookstore that they have. It's the woodworkersbookshop.com. 
And they are having a uh, little sale for Memorial Day here. Save 10% on your order with offer code WWMEM09. And every order over $25 gets free standard shipping. So 10% off and free shipping if you buy a couple of books. And that's uh, woodworkersbookshop.com. So definitely check that out too. Wow, books. I like books. I like the pretty pictures they have. They pictures, have. yeah, I know. It's and if exciting. I can get some, save some money on it, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> right. You know what? I've been listening to a lot of uh, audiobooks lately to uh, catch up on my fantasy and sci-fi uh, series that I haven't been able to read. Oh, you know, that's something I've been thinking about doing is, is actually getting the audiobooks because I love it when people read to me, but I'm afraid I would fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just about to, if anybody listens to Leo, I was just about to go into an audible.com thing and it would sound just like a commercial. So, uh, yeah, audible.com actually is really cool if you listen to audiobooks, but. I thought for sure that's where you're going because I think every web, every uh, podcast out there except for our own is being sponsored by audio podcast. <laughs> and, and GoDaddy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Who else? Uh, there's a number of them that they're very common sponsors for just about every podcast but ours. Okay. Uh, so, wait, you know yeah, we what? Work we, on that one. <laughs> we are proudly, proudly sponsored, sort of, by Popular Woodworking. Just to be associated right. with those guys is an absolute privilege. So, anyway. Until they actually listen to the show and then go, um, there was that thing we want to talk to you guys about. Yeah, they, they thought it was a good idea at the time and haven't listened in about two months, so... Uh, we might be in for a rude awakening. So let's uh, move on to email. We don't read emails on the show that much anymore because of this right. this new invention called voicemail. Uh, right. But we do like to read them once in a while. So we got one from uh, from David, who goes by the name of Running Wood. I'm not sure if he's in the chat room right now because I'm trying to ignore the chat room. <laughs> and uh, he just had a comment. He wanted to say, hey, Mark and Matt, as you know, I've been a longtime fan and admirer of both of you for a long time. You know, he's a doctor. No, no way. Yeah, he is. What's he listening to us for? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't hope he's know. not listening like if he's a surgeon or something and he's in the middle of that. And oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. He's either a neurosurgeon or something. He pl- he gets on people's nerves, I think. Um, Ooh, nice. <laughs> that was a good one, right? Okay. My comment pertains to something that an emailer asked on your last Wood Talk Online regarding perfection and making errors and how do you guys deal with it and do you still make errors or something along those lines. Well, I've thought about it. I thought about it a lot and I think the problem has a lot to do uh, hold on. My microphone's too far away from the screen. I'm very awkward in my position here. Sorry about that. <laughs> so professional. Uh, he says, a lot of people may run into this. Is that a uh, if a newbie really wants... What is the problem with this sentence? What is going on with you, Mark? It, <laughs> take a drink of water. <laughs> hold, on. hold on. Let me get some Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, today's show brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Not yeah. just in the dessert aisle anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, I have thought about this a lot, and I think a problem that a lot of people may run into is that if a newbie, or really anybody involved with the craft, watches most instructional woodworking content, with the exception of podcasts like The Wood Whisperer and Matt's Basement Workshop, uh, such as Norm or other such shows, can develop the perception that things are really quicker and easier than reality. For example, we see Norm complete a project in 30 minutes and every cut is spot on. Every pass with the router is perfect. We don't see all the time it took to set up the cuts and all the test cuts. We also don't see any errors. So when we go to the shop, although we don't really believe it, there is that subconscious drive and feeling that things take much less time than they really do. So although these shows are stimulating, they can also be very discouraging to many hobbyists. As many have said, that's a really nice feature of Mark's presentation style. He shows us errors so that... We can learn from them. Anyway, keep up the great work, and I hope you read my comment live on the air. I will be listening. David, we read your comment live on the air. And I hope you were listening. Me I'm too. looking in, the, in the, the chat room, and I don't see anything. 
Well, you'll hear it in the uh, in the RSS, I suppose. Right. You know, and, and it's so funny because I remember when, when this comment came in, I, I just started laughing. So I'm like, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the, the running joke, and I know we've, we've mentioned this one, I'm going to beat a dead horse again. <laughs> the, the whole thing with that 30 minutes, you know, we, I always joke around with my wife. I'm like, I can't do it in 30 minutes. She goes, but Norm can. Why can't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't do it in 30 minutes. Um, okay, so we do have some voicemails if we want to jump right into those. Yeah, let's do it. All right. First one is uh, from Tim. And let's see here. All right. Hey, Mark and Matt. Hey, this is Tim in St. Louis. And I know it's safety week. I kind of have a safety question. It's related to dust collectors. I have a Penn State dust collector, and it's got a one micron bag. And I've been wondering, can I wash that bag? You know, I'm real diligent about emptying it out and, and beating it like a rug outside to get the dust out. But I really want to get it more thoroughly clean so uh so it does a better job of collecting that dust um please let me know thanks bye okay i my gut instinct with this one is you know no don't wash it um anytime i've seen a filter that has any sort of cleaning instructions they usually unless it's specifically something that can withstand a washing specifically Mm -hmm. says do not wash and do not get it wet um, and just use whatever dry methods like he's talking about, beating it like a rug. Um, yeah. Use those methods to get the dust out. So that would be my first, you know, my first instinct there. And I also called just out of curiosity to see what they would say. I called Penn State Industries and got a guy on the phone and asked him, and he wasn't very helpful, but he said, <laughs> no, don't wash it, and wasn't very interested in giving me the whys of the whole thing, but uh, he said no. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and that's a great endorsement. <laughs> that it is. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't say what I was calling for. I just had a question about their filters. So right. uh, you know, my guess is that once you wet it, you you may wind up actually lodging some of the finest particles deep into the material, and you think you might be doing good, but you're actually making the filter not work anymore. Because if you think about it, a lot of that filter material is never quite the same after you wash it. Um, So I would say definitely not unless it is a washable labeled as a filter that is to be washed. Right. That would be you know, that's guess. the same thing. I, I kind of went out there looking too. You know, and here's a big shocker. Of course, there's conflicting opinions. Is what, what I found. Oh, really? But the majority are, are right with you though. And and I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, you know, it makes sense that you could throw in the washer, but then mm, just because I think it makes sense doesn't mean that it's gonna it's gonna be a reality. And that's what a lot of them were saying the same thing. Beat it. You know, take another vacuum to it. Clean it out. And some of the things it was kind of funny. I really wish now I would have marked this uh, this website. There was one that they they do a lot of. It's like dustcollectionbags.com, I think is what it was. And they were listing off things like wear and tear in the washing process. You know, the washing machine can actually really do a lot of damage to the material. Sure, yeah. Um, they could stretch and distort the fibers. So what would be like a three micron bag or a five micron bag, you know, something like that, or a one micron bag. By the time it gets out of the machine, the fabric can be distorted enough so that that baby's wide open and, you know, flies could fly through it, basically. <laughs> right. Um, they were saying that some bags are actually chemically treated to help, you know, contain a lot of the dust, depending on whether it's a specialty bag or not. The treatment can wash away is one of the things they had mentioned. Oh. Okay. And then just like I tell my wife all the time, sometimes the, the, the stuff shrinks in the wash. <laughs> and that's why my pants get really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that nice. was a couple of the things that I was thinking. Yeah. So, or even in the you know the opposite of the the pores getting even larger, things can get lodged in them, so they get clogged, and then it basically it can't breathe. So, 
Tim, as much as it would be great that we could throw these things in because my OCD kicks in and I'm like, oh, it's so dusty in my dust collector system. <laughs> uh, throwing it in the wash, unfortunately, seems to be the mass consensus, at least that I found, and it sounds like you too. Um, yeah, no no washy. No washing in the washing machine. No, no can do. No. All right, moving on. We've got another voicemail here from John, and uh, he's getting some splinters. Hi, guys. This is Jonathan, a.k.a. No Name from last episode. I <laughs> uh, had a safety question. And it's a cardinal rule not to wear work gloves while you're uh, using woodworking equipment. But sometimes I just feel as though I have to to prevent all the uh, blisters, uh, not blisters, all the uh, splinters from uh, my hands when uh, milling rough lumber and some uh, cheap grades of plywood. I've actually had instances where giant splinters have gone through my palm. Uh, I know it sounds freaky, but it has happened. So uh, I wanted to find out, is there any other way that you guys can think of to prevent this? Uh, thanks again. Bye. Hmm. What do you say for that one? Well, I think we'll start off, first of all, calling him John Doe, since he was John, <laughs> John Doe. Johnny hey, No yes. Name. Johnny No Name. <laughs> Johnny No Name sounds cooler, really, though. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted a cool nickname like that. <laughs> Johnny No Name. Yeah, unfortunately, my fraternity nickname was Germ, and we're not going to get into that one. But um. <laughs> you have to tell me that story later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, you know, this is shockingly another one of those topics that has a lot of controversy around it—the idea oh, yeah. of wearing gloves while you're, you're working in the shop. And um, I totally understand wanting to avoid splinters. I mean, I, I, I've had those constantly, and they drive me insane. But the one thing that everybody agrees is that you shouldn't wear them. I know for myself, the only time I do mainly is when I'm moving, you know, my lumber around. Like I just, you know, I'm unloading from a trip to the, the lumber store, or you know, just uh, re- redoing the rack because I like to dry clean between things and get all that stuff out of the way. Right, right. But one thing I do actually is that sometimes I will wear gloves when I'm like doing uh, projects like where where I'm jointing my lumber. And I know this is going to be like one of those, we might get some email on this, there might be some chatter going on with it, I don't know, maybe you'll disagree with this, but I like wearing it when I'm, when I'm jointing, because when I'm doing the rough lumber, you know, the, the whole splinters, everything else, just easier to handle, but the thing that, my mind, when I'm, when I'm doing it is, I always use uh, push pads, so mm-hmm. my hands are never really in that danger zone, right. so even if there is a problem, I get kickback or something like that, I've got those push pads, I've got some distance between me and the blades, Sure. so I feel comfortable enough admitting that I wear the gloves when I'm doing that. But if I didn't have the, the the push pads and it was just my hands on top of the wood, that's when I'm less likely to wear the gloves. Right. Now, sometimes I'll do this when I'm, when I'm doing my thickness planer. Most of the time at that point, I'm removing it because once it starts going through the thickness planer, your hands are off of it. So, you know, you're not so worried about splinters and everything. Right. An option that I was thinking of, and I have done this in the past, is... If I'm if if I am not going to be using the uh, the push blocks, I might like tape up my fingertips. You know, mm-hmm. do something like that. Where if those, because I mean, let's get serious. That's the most sensitive part where you get the splinters, anyways. Sure. Right. So as an alternative, that that's what I do. But other than that, you know, I, I I don't use my gloves when I'm working with any other tool like a table saw or a bandsaw. Or I was reading these stories where people are talking about the reason why I don't wear gloves is I had a friend who was using a drill press. And he was wearing gloves, and I'm like, I've never <laughs> used gloves when I'm wearing the drill press. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't. Yeah, I've never done it either. But I could see why you would certainly not want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know, the only place I see myself doing it is when I'm doing rough stuff, and that tends to be on the joiner and the thickness planer. Other than that, yeah. you know, what if I get a splinter? I'm sure I deserved it. I might wear a studded uh, diamond glove on my left hand 
once in a while Ooh. in the shop. Because you're moonwalking from the rack over <laughs> to the saw. <laughs> yeah, like that. So, um, yeah, you know, for me, I, I'll wear gloves a little bit in the, you know, the winter time. If you know, the, those frigid, cold Arizona winters. And um, <laughs> if I'm moving raw materials into the shop or moving them around, I will wear gloves. But, um, you know, like Wangi, one of the most splintery woods out there. Uh, unfortunately, they're get they're just got to a point where I was not comfortable wearing the gloves anymore, and I just had to deal with the the once in a while splinters there. Oh, and 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 speaking of which, I saw uh, uh, who was it? Daniel Seven Foot Swing mentioned uh, tweezers, and I think he, I think Daniel, didn't you actually send me a, a sweet, awesome set of of tweezers a while back? Those red ones, they were awesome. So just get you know what, get yourself a really good. Uh, pair of tweezers and keep them in the shop because just having them there is is really going to help half of the half of the trouble is you can't pull the splinter out because you don't have a good set of tweezers laying around so wait a minute so you don't use your bench chisels to help you <laughs> dig out the splinter no no not unless you want a, a trip to the doctor and uh oh that's, that's what my my quarter inch or my one eighth inch chisel is for is that gets in the tight spots <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly all right, so uh, that is that. You know, suck it up if it's really yeah, that too much of a problem. I would definitely not wear the gloves too close to a tool for the sake of avoiding a splinter, personally. Right, yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, we got a question here from Jim. He's concerned about differential color staining in, uh, in end grain. So here we go. Oh, okay. Hi, Mark and Matt. Uh, this is Jim in Langley, British Columbia. Just wondering if you could give some advice on how to deal with stain on end grain. Uh, I'm working with a project that is made from uh, knotty pine, and I'm having a terrible time trying to get the end grain to not turn practically black compared to the rest of the project. Uh, I've tried some uh, uh, pre-stain conditioners, and uh, I'm not sure what they actually do, but other than take my money, but uh, they don't seem to do a whole lot. So I was wondering if you guys might have some tips. Anyway, be listening to a future program, and hopefully uh, you'll cover it. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. We have talked about this at some point in the past, just trying to stop end grain from absorbing so much uh, stain. And mm-hmm. the, there's usually like three things that I would do or recommend and that are pretty much the most common. Number one is uh, sanding that end grain to a higher grit than the rest of the piece, maybe two grits higher. Uh, so if the whole thing is, you know, the, the flat faces and sides are 180, maybe you want to go up to 320 on any significant end grain areas. And sanding that much further actually really helps to curb the absorption of the stain. Right. Um, have you ever had to deal with that? Like, what, what's your favorite way to handle it? That is actually my my preferred method. Mm-hmm. I really like that that burnishing effect because it seems to me like to be the easiest of, of all the things. Yeah. The the other one that I've been experimenting with, and I should really experiment more with it because I sometimes I do it too thick, sometimes I do it too thin. Mm-hmm. Is um I'll use shellac. I'll like water it down a little bit. You know, a little bit along the lines of like that wood conditioner. Sure. But you know, the, the nice you know uh, shellac maybe cut in half or something. From you know what I would usually use seems to be just enough to kind of take the bite off, but Definitely. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> well, the thing with that is you've got to really experiment to determine how much to add because you put too much and then you wind up with uh, the opposite issue where it's not absorbing any stain at all. But um, so yeah, that that's a good one. The um, glue size diluting, uh, just regular PVA uh, standard wood glue. I don't know, maybe what one to ten, like ten percent 
Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. With, with like 90% water, dilute it down and just get a little brush and brush that onto the end grain. So uh, the idea is you really just need to seal it off uh, one way or another. You can even just get a little bit of your finish, you know, and just put a very dilute coat of uh, even varnish or something like that in the end grain first. But it's got to be dilute because you still need some of that color to sit in there. So right. just don't overdo it. But if you're going to use a, a liquid formula type material, uh, definitely do some experimentation and save your money. Don't worry about the the conditioners because there's lots of other ways to uh, condition, you know, the wood uh, as far as pre-stain is concerned. Right. You know, and I saw somebody was mentioning, you know, like, oh, a, a gel stain would work. And while a gel stain, the, the neat thing about it is that it doesn't absorb as readily as, as a, a liquid stain does. Yeah. I still have a hard time saying for sure that it it wouldn't absorb as much on end grain. I, yeah. I think it still does come out a little bit darker, but probably not as dark as, you know, it would be with a traditional style stain. Yeah, it's it's better, but it's not it's not the only, you can't just do that and expect it to, to come out good. Doing right. that, you might not have to add as much sealer into the end grain if you're using a gel stain. Um, right. It's a little bit more forgiving. So interestingly enough, the next uh, voicemail here is from Bob, and he asks about scraper burrs, which leads us to um, the, the video that you had mentioned earlier, uh, Todd. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clippinger's video on um, on oh, creating lumberjocks. a burr with a file. Yeah, lumberjacks. Oh, telephone. I'm going to ignore that. Uh, so here, let's listen That's to the voicemail right there. <laughs> oh, here's Bob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, new to listening to the podcast. I love you guys. I uh, just started listening about a month ago. I'm all caught up to your most current podcast. Uh, my name is Bob also known as Built in a Barn on uh, Lumberjocks. Quick question for you. I see a lot of guys uh, tuning up. I hear my turkeys in the background, so I really <laughs> am uh, got my workshop in a barn. Uh, I see a lot of guys tuning up their scrapers, card scraper, and I have always cut with a burr. I see some guys uh, actually cut off the burr and use the scraper with just a nice, square, sharp, 90-degree edge. Uh, what's your guys' opinion on this? Am I doing it wrong? Am I uh, leaving the burr and cutting with the burr, or do I need to be just cutting with a nice, square, sharp, 90-degree angle? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. So what say you, Matt? Burr or no burr? What's a burr? Um, <laughs> oh, wait, that's what I say when I'm in the, the garage in the winter. Okay, so 90-degree burr. burr. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out. I'm like, a 90-degree burr. So you're just using the edge of the, of, of the card scrapers when, you know, he's, that he's hearing. The, I, I can't imagine. The only thing I was thinking of is, like, in the case of like, when I was watching the Todd Clippinger one, I mean, he, he's doing that. Uh, he's holding the card 90 degrees to the mill file as he's doing it. And he's technically actually still creating a burr. It's just it's flattening out. Right. And... I know from when I when I was kind of looking this up and everything, I was trying so you can get the if you set the burr angle at just a different size, it can be more aggressive. It can be for finer work and stuff like that. And it was like a zero degree burr, which seems like that's what this ninety one would create, would be more of a fine uh, a finer cut, right? Or uh, create finer shavings. But when I was watching the, that that video, I'm like, holy crap, man! I mean, he, he was clearing stuff off like crazy. So I think that kind of throws it out. I, I think that there is some 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 truth to this because really when it comes down to it there is a, a burr created and you just have to kind of depending on the angle that you set the card scraper at yourself as you're trying to do it you can get a little bit more aggressive you a harder a higher angle or a lower angle and you, you can kind of play with it yourself to get the, the result that you want sure. now 
am I going to do this every single time? I, I, I don't know. I still don't. In 90 degree, ooh, that kind of scares me. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess if, if we're trying to figure out exactly what to clarify, I, I wasn't sure whether he meant like doing something weird with the burr or simply just honing to a perfect 90 degree edge on the scraper. And when, right. you, do, when you do that, I mean, anytime I've done that, I don't really get much other than uh, sawdust. Right. You know, so if you're using it for really fine work, something like that might work. But for me, it's it's a burr all the way uh, for sure, because I want something that's actually going to really help me dig in and cut and be aggressive. Now, this goes back to what I was saying about Todd's video. Um, you know, I even put a video out a while ago on, on sharpening a card scraper the way that I've done it for uh, quite some time now. And it works, you know, but it's the traditional rolling of the burr, the whole process. Well, Todd's method, and we've talked about this on the show before as well, just involves using a simple uh, single file. And you put it into a vise, you give it a couple strokes, one direction, the other direction. And what it does is creates a very rough, a very uh, coarse burr, but a burr nonetheless. So unless you're using your your scrapers for finish work, and it's almost like your last preparation phase before finishing, this is awesome. And I have not picked up my uh, burnishing uh, tool in a very long time since I saw this. So I'll put the link in the show notes for that too. So everybody can go check it out. And, uh, I've been trying to promote the heck out of that thing because it really solves what most woodworkers confront, uh, when they first start to try to sharpen scrapers is the, the, the difficulty of rolling a burr on a scraper. Oh yeah. I hate it. I actually cheat all the time and I use that Veritas burnisher though. One looks kind of like a little teardropper eggy thing or something like that. Right, yeah. right. You can say I, I I love that one just because of the fact that I'm always I, I I don't know I just don't get the the bird just the right way right but you know like you were saying with 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 a ninety degree one or something like that if you're just going to create like sawdust which is all my burrs must be 90 degrees then because I create <laughs> sawdust constantly. It reminds me of just like a, a simple paint scraper then. You know, I mean, I use a paint scraper just to rip the the glue off my edges or something if I'm, you know, doing some butt joints or something. Yeah. And when I do that over the wood, I don't get shavings off of it. I get sawdust. So I think that's <laughs> it's exactly probably the same, ex- you know, the same situation Yeah. with uh, if you just had just the 90 degree. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, did you hear my turkeys in the background? Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's dinner. Are you, gonna, you guys are taking those with you. Are you going to leave them as a special prize for the uh, purchaser of the house?" I, I just, I just love turkeys. Um, all right, so that pretty much does it for the voicemail. It looks like we have a couple tips here, and before we get to the much anticipated, uh, what everyone loves is Tom's tip. It seems to be uh, the only reason people listen to the show anymore. Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we're we're irrelevant. It's um, just Tom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, we've got one from Matthew Groves, and I sent out a little tweet earlier today, just at uh, a curiosity. I wanted to see if anyone would actually send me anything to um, to send me an MP3 quick tip of some sort for the show. And and Matthew actually responded and sent me a great tip. So this is a a random tip from a random person, which is always fun. This is a Wood Talk Online quick tip. Or talked. When you're selling someone else a tool off eBay, please know that alternating layers of newsprint and packing tape is not the same as padding. Resist the urge to use the full roll of packing tape as you go around and around and around the tool. It may be shiny. It may also be waterproof at that point. But in the end... It's just a big pain to get off, and you can expect your seller rating to suffer. <laughs> it sounds like 
he has had some bad eBay experiences. <laughs> or I, I'm trying to think, maybe he was a winner of Matt's Basement Workshop swag. That sounds like how I do it. I'm like, man, forget uh, bubble wrap. This thing is going to get, they could drop it. It's not going to break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually, I mean, great tip. Thank you very much, Matthew. And in fact, you know what? Uh, hopefully he's listening because I will give Matthew a free guild membership uh, for sending me that MP3. Because I, I, I appreciate it that much. Nice. All righty. So we have uh, Tom's tip, hot off the presses, just made this week, fresh from Tom's lips to your ears. Tom's tips. That's right, I said Tom's tips. I didn't say Tom's lips. I said Tom's tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. So you're using glass jars to mix your own finishes, but you may have noticed that sometimes the lids are glued shut by dried finish. Bummer. Want to make them nonstick? Simply wrap a couple of wines of plumber's Teflon tape around the threads of the glass jar and bingo, no more sticking. If you want to discover more clever, useful, even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit any of the other great blogs that belong to the Wood Whisperer Network at TWWnetwork.com. Very cool. Tom always has great tips. Are you, I'm going to actually have to try that. That sounds like an interesting oh. trick. I was thinking the same thing because I'm like, I hate plumbing, but I've got this Teflon tape all over the place because I inevitably <laughs> like, ooh, little Teflon tape. I'll give that a try because, yeah, most of the time I'm always having to ask my wife to please open the jars for me because I just can't get them broken back open. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's a great tip. Thank you very much, Tom. As always, we appreciate your... Uh, you're giving us your tips and insights into all things woodworking. That's right. And the chat room absolutely loves it because as soon as that comes on, it lights up and it, you'd think it's Christmas. Yeah, it's usually okay. usually toward the end, the chat room number like spikes up and then as soon as we play it and it's done, it just drops right back down. Everybody just leaves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, fortunately, that doesn't really happen. Oh, Carrie just oh, got sorry, here. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> yeah, Car- Carrie just got here and we're about to stop the show. Oh, Carrie's here, everybody. We'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna get a, uh, she's gonna be suspicious about that. Okay, I'll play it again, guys, after the show. And for now, we will, uh, we'll close off the the recording here, and uh, we'll probably do what, Matt? Probably a couple more, maybe one or two more episodes before we take a little break, and we'll be in yep. Vegas pretty soon, right? For, um, for the woodworking yep. show. Yep, in uh, the middle of July, actually. It's uh, like. Four- she she she. I can't hear. Anything. She can't hear you, so she comes over and just starts talking as if you're not talking at all. Okay, go ahead, Nicole. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say for Vegas, I'm working on a possible live Wood Talk Online. Yeah, so sweet. We're gonna try to get there. a booth and have a live Wood Talk Online. Yeah, so at the very least, I think we'll be able to just uh, get some space together and maybe try like two different days during the show to do a live show and get some people over to talk with us and i don't know we'll figure we'll just have some fun you know like we always do right or it could just be a couple of guys sitting in a booth with like you know our wives like looking at us going oh my god oh my god who do they think they are (laughs) what i thought we would do is we would like pay for a booth and then wait was it who's was this your idea to do the cardboard cutouts uh, I think I might have been. I think I mentioned well, Yeah, people can come up and wrap their arms around and take pictures with us. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. Oh, man, that would scare people. All right. Yeah, definitely. Could we, we put those in random booths? Where's Matt? Where's Mark? <laughs> right. All right. Well, on that note, let's get the heck out of here and uh, let everybody go to sleep.
All right, no problem. Yeah. Hey, if you want to drop us a line because you heard something today, or like I said, you haven't heard something, you can get a hold of us via email with talkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone like our lucky uh, voicemail players, listeners, whatever did, <laughs> and you can leave us a message at 623-242-2450. I don't know why I can't get listeners, viewers, whatever, chat room with people. <laughs> it's all the same thing. It's all people. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time for Wood Talk Online, episode 56. Yep. See you later, folks. Take care.